This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. I'm with Shane LeBlanc today. He's one of the most award-winning designers in the industry. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good. Hey, Shane, we're going to talk about a few different things today. I mean, I know you're a jack of all trades when it comes to the backyard. I mean, you guys do custom pools, landscaping, outdoor kitchens, project management, you name it. And you've worked and consulted with some of the leading names in the industry. Can we talk about some of your body of work and the things that you've done over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some of your favorite projects. I mean, what are some of the things that you've worked on over the years that just like you keep going back to these things in your mind? You're like, I can't believe I worked on this. Well, the first one that comes to mind is one of my first personal pools at my house. It was, you know, a little small pool, probably around 600, 630 square feet. And it had an old fashioned grist mill that we built. It was wrapped in poplar side and it had a water wheel on it. And we would, you know, pump water over this water wheel. And then that would turn a shaft on the inside. And that shaft would turn a pig that would be smoked. So it would kind of be like a little smokehouse. A smoke and, pig? Um, yeah. Yeah. So so the water wheel, we'd put water over the water wheel. That would turn the pig essentially on the inside, and then it would smoke the pig, you know, over the course of eight or nine hours. It was a fun project. It was something, you know, I had to use variable speed pumps and different things to, to evaluate it. Come to find out, it kind of spun a little bit too fast. So I really couldn't put the pig in because the amount of water that was going over would spin the pig you know, at, at a, in a manner of uh, slinging grease everywhere. So you just do, it wouldn't work unless we used a, like a braking system. It was a Teflon braking system for go-karts. And uh, I really got to the point to where we just tried it once and it said it was going to be a little bit more of a hassle. So we just turned it into like a smokehouse for turkey. And then we had different smoked uh, meats and then cheeses were at the very tip top where the temperature was a little different. So it was kind of cool, but that's come to mind after all of my projects that was one of the funnest projects i've worked on yeah you've been in a ton of stuff i've seen your work practically everywhere shane one of my favorite projects that i think i've seen you on was like years back you were on an episode of hgtv on uh groundbreakers you remember that yeah uh which show first yeah. where i was a little chunky <laughs> I, I don't remember. Um, it, it was it was a while ago. I think it was back in 2012 where you built a pool for like these two twin brothers that live side by side. Yes, yes, yes. That was the first one. Yes, that was yeah. uh, that was a fun show too. That was one of my first experiences with the HTTV. Yeah, I think that's when you first popped up on my radar. You know, I got you. So, can I ask you a few questions? For sure. So, how how long have you been in the industry? Probably since 2011, 2012. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, um, I, I think that around the 2009 area is when I was really getting, uh, you know, into the swimming pools and, and studying them a little bit. Uh, my, I, you know, I, I think my advantage in the swimming pool industry was uh, primarily I was landscape designing. So it would help me, you know, with clients to close a little bit, you know, larger projects by knowing, you know, the landscape material and what type of material is what, and, and then adding the aquatic side to it was just like a, a, a little nice, neat combination. So um, that's kind of how I, I eventually, you know, got into the industry. 
let's talk about that for a sec. I mean, not everybody knows who you are. I mean, people in the pool industry obviously know who you are, but let's talk about that. I mean, because you are one of the most celebrated designers in the pool industry. I mean, you've gotten awards from APSP, Best of House, uh, Pebble Tech gave you the award for world's greatest pool design for crying out loud. I mean, let's talk about some of the body of work that you've done. Well, at, in the beginning stage, I was kind of addicted to, uh, it, it's like racing motorcycles. You know, you, you kind of get, you're looking for sponsors. It's fun. You don't care what it costs. So I was doing uh, projects at, at cost. And, and of course, I was not the sharpest at, at the number game. You were a landscaper back in the day, right? Yeah, I was a landscaper. And, and you know, you, you could make nice margins in landscaping and in swimming pools. Uh, you couldn't make nice margins when I started. But in, in the beginning, I was really just focused on trying to win uh, award just for uh, later on market. So I could do strictly design without having to build projects. That was always my plan. I started Selective Design in 1995 of the idea. It was 1995 when I started saying, hey, you know what? I can sell some landscape plans and landscape. And then eventually, you know, um, of course, I didn't make as much money uh, doing landscaping. So I, I went to work for Delta for a few years, Delta Airlines. And over the course of eight or nine years, I took a little buyout package. And on the side, I would uh, go in around five o'clock at Delta and get off around two. And then I would change there at work and go landscape till dark. And then from dark, I would go to business management school uh, till like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and do it all over again. So I did that for a few years, uh, studying, studying. Basically kind of took a chance and left Delta and started my landscape business. And in the first year, I think I made half the salary that I made at Delta the year before. <laughs> so I was worried about having enough money. But uh, sooner or later, the following year, we actually doubled in revenue. And then the following year, we doubled again. And we had a few growth pains. But uh, over the, the, the course of the few years, it started growing, you know, uh, pretty good. And then the recession hit. I think it was around 2008. It started slowing down a little bit. And um, I, I, our business was doing okay, but uh, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted a little backup plan if it really went down to where, you know, our revenue was dropping. So I went back to school and I started with Genesis. Uh, those guys were great. I thought they're the best thing on the planet because they basically took all the secrets you needed to start a high-end pool company and uh, without going through all the details of uh, history classes and all, you know, all the fundamentals, they would just show you the secrets up front. Now, I started that a long time ago. Genesis has changed over the time. So you, you really have to pay for individual classes. In the beginning stages, you know, the guys were given a little bit more information in one class. Like Construction, say, 201 was a really world of information compared to Construction 201 now. Um, now you have to buy multiple programs to, you know, to get what was offered in the very beginning stages. So I was kind of blessed in that area to learn a little bit more about pools in a shorter amount of time, if that makes sense. And then over time, you know, that kind of grew to uh, by the time I, I was wrapping up Genesis, I had started winning a good bit of awards just because I could add the landscape package design with the aquatics. And I owned an outdoor kitchen store in our local town. And uh, so it, all the pieces started falling together fairly easy for me. So as time, you know, progressed, I finished up with the pools and the, my, uh, I, I think it was SWD or it's called SWD at the time. Um, and once I finished that up, I was being asked to become a judge for the APSP. So I did that for a couple of years. Well, when I did it and started judging for a few different uh, projects, I met a lot of people at the shows that I was judging their projects. 
And by meeting them, I started getting a little bit work. They would ask me, hey, how do we do this and how do we do that? And I said, well, I'll show you. And I didn't know really how to charge at the time, but I do know that landscape architects do a project management fee of like 10%. So I said, well, let me just see how this works. And lo and behold, I started charging 10% and the job started going from, you know, a decent sized project of, I don't know, maybe 125,000 to 450,000 consistently. And then I said, man, this is pretty good money. So let me see if I can focus on nothing but this. Well, I hired an assistant and a scheduler to help me. I figured out that to build a project would take me a lot longer and I couldn't make the same amount of profit. So I started marketing for larger and larger jobs. And over time, projects got bigger to where I was doing jobs that were residential projects of a million dollars plus. And then I started pushing more and more and studying more and more of the hydraulics, studying more of the commercial industry. I had a couple of pool guys in the industry that needed you know, just a few questions and answers. And I said, well, would you be willing to pay me the 10%? And they said, yeah. Well, that was the taste of my first commercial project. So it went from a million dollar small project to a 5.5 million to now we're bidding anything from 11 to $14 million projects. And I am one of the estimators or I design some of the hydraulic or I do redesign. And the redesigns are pretty good. And the reason I'm saying that is most of the time you have a landscape architect and an engineer that does a commercial project. Well, as everybody knows, you have problems on commercial projects. When the problem arises, that's when I can come in and say, well, look, we can fix this. We can move the landscaping. We can move the pipes. We can do the drainage. We can redistribute the watershed to this area. And I can do it in a matter of six hours on my computer. And that would help a commercial project move along even faster. So I could approve it and move it along. And ever since then, I would say I've been doing this for about mm, four or five years, maybe, maybe a little less. Uh, since then, I have, uh, you know, I would say focused more and more on investment and the cash that I have coming in. Uh, so I've started working my money and doing more venture capitalists. And that's uh, where I invest in smaller companies that I think perform like they should to start a company and I support them and then I kind of hold their hands and that's primarily what I'm doing now along with some small consulting in the aquatic industry. That's fantastic. I mean, I talk with folks in the pool industry all the time and I ask them, you know, frequently, you know, who's a designer that inspires you the most and nine times out of 10, your name comes up in a conversation. So it's just, uh... <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm not scared to tell my secrets anymore, but the secrets are instead of having one style, I never had one style. I would design for the client. And if, if you really listen to the client and you really understand what the client's needs are and you get the information, like for instance, I always ask in the beginning, number one, what style are you? Do you even know what your style is? And if they don't, I ask them, send me 10 pictures, primarily five pictures from the husband, five pictures from the wife or vice versa. Um, and the reason I ask that, there's two different styles. And a lot of people don't know their styles, but they know what they like and what it should look like. So if they send me those pictures, that's a visual of what I need. I can choose their style from that picture. And then I ask them what the project's going to be used for. You know, just like Skip Phillips used to say, um, primarily we're, we're trying to design art that somebody gets to swim in. I, I mean, that's kind of the whole goal. Mo the main focus is art. And by the way, you get to go swim in it. So in the beginning stages, that's my, my, my main focus talking to clients. It's just trying to read them, figure out what they want, and then they give me a list of items as far as landscaping, features they may want from outdoor kitchen. I even interview them to understand if they're 
right-handed or left-handed, so I know how they plate food when they're grilling. I mean, if you get into the details of what the client wants, they primarily give you everything as far as information to design after. And if you design to their scope, which is they might have a contemporary home, they might have a modern home. Some people don't know the difference between contemporary and modern. Some people don't know what traditional. But a lot of times, if you match what the client's home is and make it look like it was designed when the home was built as one big package, it's a win-win for everybody. The client loves you because you just designed what they really wanted. It matches their home. And then what it does is give you a portfolio of variety from modern to uh, freeform to uh, rustic to different, different styles. And it gives you just this grand variety. So what's exciting to me is I never know what client I'm going to walk up. A client might be very formal and want a formal garden, which is one of the most complicated design. Everything's got to be perfect. Or they might want something that's contemporary, which is the easiest thing in the world to do. Just, you know, to me, it's, it's easy because most people might think that's complicated, but, you know, minimal varieties and minimal things is kind of easy to draw. You just I don't think it really matters to, to you. I mean, I'm, practically everything you do, like Insta, Instagram eye candy, there was this one that you did that I was just blown away by. It was like a 120 foot long pool with a vanishing edge and it had this, this uh, shattered glass tile effect that looked incredible it looked like water was running all the time now okay so that goes back to my i was more passionate in design at at that time i was not focusing on primarily what the client was pushing me into now hear me out you know the designer you have to design for the project and you have to design for the home at that point i was designing for awards so i wanted something different and as you know that has a perimeter overflow spa that spills over 360 to degrees and it shoots the water through uh, a half inch to three quarter inch gap and that's very complicated jimmy reed was one of the ones on the project phenomenal guy great tile guy been in the industry for a long time and just like i've mentioned many many a times i was interviewed if you use great subs they will make you look good i'm in beverly hills who else i'm going to use jimmy absolutely i'll use jimmy reed um dave penton great guy one of my favorite builders Um, But look, if you use a great sub, I don't have to work as much. I don't have to check up on them. And nine times out of 10, they're the ones that are teaching me the work. So as I traveled, I've done projects in Australia, Belize. uh, I've got one in Canada. You name it. I have been more places. I've been blessed to go to more places. But I have been trained by numerous subs on numerous projects. And if I could explain to anybody, if you want to learn to be the very tip top of your industry, just travel because there's so many ways to do so many projects. There's multiple ways to do different things. Like I'm doing one in New Jersey right now and it's a great project. They just showed me a new feature of of how to do something. And I take that experience and then pass it along to the other guys, you know, and I've never looked down on any of the smaller guys. They're my great customers. They're the ones that just want to really know. I don't really care for the lazy ones. Uh, you know, that just wants to pay for an answer and then just go on. I like the guys that are really interested and really want to make a name for themselves or build something that's really nice. That will withstand time. And time is important, too. You want to build a project that's going to last for years and years. You want somebody to say, hey, that's a selected design project. For instance, at my design office in Louisiana, uh, I have one here in Georgia and one in Louisiana. Uh, my one in Louisiana, it, it's a Frank Lloyd Wright style office that was built in 1964. But I know that style. It's absolutely gorgeous to me. And I won't change anything about it. Matter of fact, if you've seen that modern home, it was in the movie The Mechanic uh, with Jason Statham. I don't know if you know that movie, but that's my home in my office that I have just that's in Louisiana. 
and I wouldn't change anything about it. It's phenomenal design. It will last the length of time. And matter of fact, I have another project that I'm going to work on that I'm very excited about that's coming up. And the client purchased the home in the 50s. They have not changed anything. And the architecture is very, very modern. And I have to redo the swimming pool, the decking, the entire home with the exact design of when it was built in the 50s. So I get to build a brand new project that looks totally old. Even the pool, the coping, the way the coping was done uh, with the skimmer, it's, it's just something that most people have never seen before. And I get to redo that again. So to me, that's, that's the fun part. Um, along with the support of guys starting new businesses and new companies. Um, I, I enjoy that too. I like to watch young entrepreneurs grow. I like to see them succeed. I like to see them profit. Of course, I would recommend a book that's called Profits First for Contractors. It's something that if somebody would have showed me that 15 years ago, I would be a little more wealthy than what I am now. But uh, it's, a, it's a world of information. So if anybody's hearing this, I would strongly recommend Profits First for Contractors. Did I hear you right? Frank Lloyd Wright is a guy that you draw inspiration from and that speaks to you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, most guys in the pool industry, if they want to study anything in architecture or style, Frank Lloyd Wright was the man. He started a trend when it was not a trend that is still a trend now. And believe it or not, uh, California is already on a, a really nice style. Primarily, California styles take 15, 20 years before it hits the East Coast. So right now, the East Coast is, you know, more traditional. The style's not there yet, but it's coming. It, 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 it is coming. Frank Lloyd Wright started this well before everybody. His style will last a lifetime. And to study somebody where your work will be here longer than you will, I mean, that's, that's pretty strong. So if anybody's in design, I would say focus a good bit on Frank Lloyd Wright. Of course, Genesis took us to um, Tallahassee and West in Arizona, and uh, that was a treat. Uh, we got to study, man, I'm, don't hold me to this, but it might have been color theory um, at Tallahassee and West, but um, this was back in the day. <laughs> the early 2000s. I think if you study that guy, he could push you forward in your career in design. Your design process has certainly changed throughout the years. I mean, getting back to that one episode of Groundbreakers, I saw you walking around the yard with a hand drawing. And I know that that's certainly changed over the years. These days, you'd probably be walking around with a tablet, a 3D uh, rendering of the yard, right? Yeah. So to, to the guys that are listening that are just starting, think you need to go to college. No. I mean, I did not. I was self-taught. I self-taught myself how to draw. Then we had to render in color. And, you know, over time, you'll learn it. But when it goes back to uh, teaching yourself, I mean, I, I learned Pool Studio. It's great. Uh, I learned it in, in a couple of weekends and picked it up. And then we took off from there. And uh, over time, I'm telling you, it, it doesn't take much to learn this industry. You, you just have to study style. And if you study it, it could be a great, great business. Like I said, I mean, I try to do anywhere from six to $10 million in projects, which is just a project. So that means if you do one project of $400,000 for a pool, you know, some companies are doing $6 million, $7 million in pools. Well, that one designer could design most of those projects. But if he's making 10%, he's probably making more than the owner. So don't give up. Just stay focused. Learn the hydraulics. Learn the structural behind it. And learn the right course of hiring the right sub. You want to hire the right soil engineer. You want to hire the right engineer, the right structural. Uh, you want to hire everything. And if you do that, you'll cover yourself. You'll cover the project. And most likely the project will turn out to be an award-winning project if you do it correctly. 
Yeah, well, you're an expert at a few different design programs I read. I mean, I read an article that you wrote on bringing the wow factor. And I saw a piece that referenced you on uh, Structure Studios website. Uh, how has VIP 3D changed your design process in your sales cycle? Well, VIP 3D was a game changer for me. And if I have to guess, there's only one other guy in the industry. And I think he's teaching in one of the courses. But to me, VIP 3D was made for just me and him. Who are you talking about, Jane? Because I, I talk to everybody in the pool industry. Uh, Jason Brownlee. Oh, yeah, Jason Brownlee. Yeah, Jason is a great guy. He, so when you give a, a tool like VIP 3D to somebody like us that knows the plant material along with outdoor kitchens, along with the aquatic part, it, man, it's a game changer. It, it's really easy. I mean, if you can't sell a project on uh, VIP 3D, something's wrong. Now, I've, I've been blessed to do that all over the, the country from Canada all the way down to where I've been working for the last four to five years in the Virgin Islands. So it's, it's uh, the desire for new uh, places to work for me is what drove me to travel and do what I'm doing now. Now, I, I will say this, you know, you have to have a, a spouse that backs you up for travel, uh, which mine does. Uh, and the reason she does is because I gave her something to keep her occupied, which is uh, she manages Georgia Pools, which is a, a pool company here in Georgia, and that mm -hmm. keeps her totally busy. <laughs> so when she gets to see me, it's like a surprise, and it's a surprise when I get to see her. I had heard she had her own uh, construction company now. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. My wife has a uh, GC, so she can do vertical. Uh, she can do high rises, and she has her license, and that's pretty strong for the pool industry. In the state of Georgia, I would say she's the only one that is a female that has her GC license. So that's that is uh, a milestone for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I must keep her plenty busy. Uh, hey, look, I heard you're starting a new MPO. Is that right? Um, a part of a nonprofit that was started by um, a group of guys. And uh, the nonprofit keeps me traveling on the road, delivering products to everybody from here to Tinbuk, too. So tell us about what are, you're doing there. Uh, it's called Mealmen uh, Logistics. We, we just move product. I have been working in the island. Uh, with another guy, Jimmy Smith, the pool photographer. We got hit, one of the, I think it was Maria that hit the island. And of course we had friends and buddies that we have, you know, uh, met over time. And it was just sad to see, you know, some of the smaller islands didn't even get any, uh, any support. It, it had to be a large island or Puerto Rico to, to make the news, you know. And it, we figured, hey, how can we help these people out? How can we ship stuff to them? Uh, the ones that really need it, you know, and, and, and get it to, to the people in time. And uh, that's where basically Mealman Logistics came from. So now we make runs from here to Guatemala delivering stoves to we're delivering clothes to uh, certain locations in Cuba. And uh, donations are, have been coming from the pool industry. And those donations go to travel and container loads. We would like to do another a container to um, Cuba, but as you know, that's the four to $5,000 price tag to ship a container. Most organizations have the donations, just like where people drop off old clothes and things of that nature. That's all we're bringing is we're bringing stuff that people don't want and donate it. Hey, Shane, why don't you go ahead and give that a plug so that you guys know where to make a donation. It's mulemen.org, mulemen.org, M-U-L-E-M-E-N.org, mulemen, simple. Okay, great. One other thing that I wanted to ask you is there's a big thing going on in the industry right now, and that's say no to free design. I mean, how do you feel about that? I, I really don't care for paying for design. 
um, I'd like to see the designers get a percentage of a project. And let me explain why. If they do not charge for their design, but charge for the management of the project, they can design the project. They make a larger amount of money because they're charging a percentage, but then they can see their project through the end and watch where people try to cut corners. And the designer, they're the guys that have to make sure that their design stays on track because you wouldn't believe how many corners are being cut by either a contractor or the homeowner. And we have to give them the advice to say, this is why you do not want to do that. You chose our work from our other past work. You chose our work from our pictures. You chose our work from our portfolio. Please allow us to do what we designed for you to the end. Because if you change something, you make a patio bigger and it looks like a Home Depot parking lot in your backyard because you think you might, say, need a layout more chairs for one party. You might kill the whole entire design. So if they could stay focused on charging a cost percentage of the project, then, and of course, pool builders, a lot of times, you know, they, if a designer is working for a pool builder, nine times out of 10, the pool builder doesn't want to pay the designer at the end, right? Well, the designers charge a percentage of the project and they do it for every draw. So that means if the homeowner gives the builder their first draw, he gets the designer gets 10% of the percentage. If the pool builder goes for their next draw, the designer gets 10% of that percentage. At any point, the designer can say, well, I'm out. If, if you think you got it from here on, fine. Well, if they're designing even the landscaping, well, they need them all the way to the end, to the final part of let's lay the plants out and let's make sure that looks nice. Some pool builders have their own in-house design teams, right? And the instance that they run into is that they need to do a free design or a free 3D rendering just to get their foot in the door. I mean, I think that's really the whole emphasis of the campaign is about. Well, that's, yeah, that's, to me, that is a designer starting and I have no problem with that. But those designers really need to, you know, if they're a designer and their true focus is to design for themselves because they're, they're claim to be a designer, right? And if they claim to be a designer, that means they put their heart into it and they studied and they focused. And the reason you, you know this is because proof is in the pudding. Their work is going to show it. They'll have the awards to show. Uh, but if they get to that point, they really need to branch off and charge the way I'm telling you to manage the project. Now, in the beginning stages, if they're designing just simple pools and they're getting paid by an employer, yeah, absolutely. Charge one fifty an hour, like pretty much everybody does. Because, you know, some homeowners, you have to fight them on the lower scale. They don't really want to pay the design in the beginning stage. But if you can get them to buy the design, let's just say you got a homeowner that can't make up their mind. The designer designs what they think they want. And the homeowner says, yeah, you designed it exactly the way I wanted, but it just doesn't look right. I need you to change it. Well, he should be paid to change it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now, if he graduates to the point to where they're hiring him for his portfolio, well, we really don't worry about the client. We, we met the client's needs in our first design because they bought our style. Just like, for instance, if Jason Brownlee does a, a project, Jason can do a project. It's Jason's style. I mean, that's his style. They're going to hire him for his style. If they want him to change it, they should have hired somebody different that could do a more modern design or a more formal design. And that's what they focus on. You don't go to a five-star Michelin chef and then tell him the recipe of how to cook your dinner. Bingo. Bingo. So, I mean, it's, it's one of these things that um, it's all about graduation with the design. And, and like I said, graduation means you have left your employer and you're getting paid to design for yourself. And, and that is the greatest moment in the world. Because most designers, if I had to guess, 80% of them that are out there are broke. And I was one of those guys way in the beginning when I was working on the side at Delta. Broke. You can't charge enough for a design. I mean, it's like, who's going to pay for it? Even if it's $5,000, 
big deal compared to if it's a $500,000 project, that's $50,000 in your pocket. And then you get to manage and oversee it. And then you make sure it comes out exactly the way it needs to be. That's the primary focus. And to me, that is the designer that has made his way. That is the designer that is proof in the pudding. And if guys just focused on that and they focused on knowledge, 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 it's important. Like, for instance, I'll go right back at Tally East and West, or it might have been San Antonio, but I took color theory. And, and you have to tell yourself, why do I need to know about color? Well, you do. You have to know about color. You have to know about style. You have to know about history. All this is very, very important. Genesis, a long time ago, really focused on this. Now, I don't know what they focus on now. I, I couldn't tell you. I doubt it's the same thing. But really what they did in the beginning, they gave most guys the secret really fast to become phenomenal. And only a handful took off and ran with it. Now, I don't know why, but that's the truth to me. Yeah. Can we switch gears for a sec? I'd like to talk about what's been going on this past year. What have you been doing during COVID? How has your business coped with the pandemic? Whew, my commercial business uh, went to a complete halt even though we're still working on projects that are planning projects for, but as far as consulting projects, uh, yeah, the, the commercial industry went to a complete halt. But um, right now I am hiring people to ramp up because all those projects are starting either this year, the end of this year or next year, and I'll have twice as much workload. They're not holding back. They're still moving forward. Matter of fact, it's even more, and there's not enough people in the industry to even consult on these projects. My best customer, Rich Carlton, by far, if you if they could work for a resort where budget is not really important, but beauty is, oh man, that's the ultimate. That is the ultimate. Um, you can do primarily anything you want. So I, I'm going to stay focused on that. What's funny is I'm talking to you about full in design. And really that's about 30% of what my life of what I've been doing. Um, I'm, I'm mostly a business guy. I, I enjoy business. I have a few companies and um, uh, I'm, I'm more about now uh, numbers, even though I wasn't good at, at it in the beginning stages of my life. But I went to school for business management, not design. Uh, the only design that I did go to was the Genesis uh, school. But primarily my focus is business, business, business. Like I said, I've, I've got multiple companies. Um, I'm backing people that have good ideas and I back them with the money to get started. And then I get to watch them grow and mature and I get a little piece of the pie. And then we eventually sell the company off. So that is my primary business is business. And if you talk to anybody that really knows me and people that uh, like Jimmy Smith in the industry or people that know me in, in my local office, uh, you'll find out that I'm more of a business guy than anything to do with design or swimming pools. Yeah, well, that's phenomenal that you've been able to grow your business and your interests that way. Honestly, one last question I want to ask. Who are some other designers that inspire you? Oh, by far. Um, one of my favorites, if I can say his name or his company right, uh, Bianche in yeah, yeah. Arizona. Bianchi. Uh, one of my favorite designers. He's inspired me a good bit other than, uh, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright uh, inspired me in Las Vegas. Tanner Ross. Um, Tanner's a great guy. I offered Tanner a position in my company a, a few years. And uh, of course, I'm glad he turned me down. But he, uh, and the reason I'm saying that is he could do better for himself. Uh, but Tanner Ross has got a really good eye. He knows style. He knows what people like. And remember, if somebody doesn't like your work, it's not going to sell. You, you have to have a product that somebody will buy. Um, and it's got to be something they will like. So the more you study, 
And the more you study style, I think you get to the point where people just want your work. And those two guys, even Tanner, he's a young guy, he's up and coming, but he has the eye to, uh, to see, you know, to see what's nice, what's crisp, what's clean. And I, I look up to him for that. And along with uh, uh, Bianchi, Bianchi or Bianchi? Bianchi, I know exactly who you mean. I, I was talking to Jimmy Smith uh, when we were interviewing him, and he said he's dying to photograph his pools. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jimmy knows that I, I, I have, I've told Jimmy, because Jimmy asked me the same question. Shane, who do you think in the industry is you may look up to or you, you like? And, and it's always him, by far. He, he's, he's got a real nice talent. It, here's the thing. He can combine aquatic and landscape pretty much in a modern world or a contemporary world better than anybody I know. Um, and, and that's kind of important because to me, it's not only aquatics. It's not only landscape. It's not only grill and outdoor living areas. It's a combination of a lifestyle that you have to make almost into art. And it, it's kind of complicated to do to turn a complete package in, into something that, you know, uh, it's a visual art in so many different levels, if that makes sense. Hey, look, I, I want to tell you, I appreciate you giving us the time today. I mean, for me, if I interviewed people about movies, you know, it'd be like me talking to De Niro or Al Pacino about films, you know. So it's a great privilege to be able to just be able to chat with you today about your body of work and the industry. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you calling me. That was Shane LeBlanc of Selected Designs, one of the most award-winning pool designers on the planet, offering his insights. Great listening for folks in the pool industry, and that's what we're all about here at Pool Magazine, where we bring you the voices from industry thought leaders like Shane LeBlanc, Dave Penton, and a veritable who's who in this great industry of ours. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or your favorite streaming provider. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.